welcome to the Wesley Memorial Podcast. Join us this Sunday at 1225 Chestnut Drive in High Point. Visit us on the web at wesleymemorial.org. Now here is this week's message. We play, and I was mad. And so I spiked the ball. That he's saying I value the relationship more than anything else. Who I'm with is more important than what you're worth. And if we who are sinners value what, the, the presence of our family and friends, how much more should we value the presence of God all the time? Now, what is the presence of God like, especially as shown in Scripture? There's a lot of examples that we could go through. Well, one, in a general sense, we know that God is omnipresent. It means that God is everywhere all the time. That God can be anywhere that he wants to be. He's omnipresent. But there's also a lot of examples of God specifically being present in Scripture. Of course, we see in the Old Testament that God shows his presence through things like a cloud with lightning bolts. Or God shows his presence through a column of fire. Or famously, the burning bush or wind. God conveys his presence even through creation and the natural order of which he has made everything. God can show his presence to us even through that. Of course, through the Bible or through Scripture, God can speak to us. That's probably the main way God speaks to us. is through Scripture. He conveys His presence through simply Bible reading. Sometimes if you're reading Scripture and something jumps off the page at you, and you thought, I've never thought of that way before. Pay attention to that, because it's probably the Holy Spirit inspiring you to pay attention. But God shows His presence to us that way. Also, just through simple, just through worship services, God shows His presence uh, in those moments. But what's fascinating to me is the first temple, uh, of the Temple of Solomon in Jerusalem, it's not there, of course, any longer. But when they designed the temple, there's this thing, this inner sanctum called the Holy of Holies, where the presence of the living God would dwell in that space. And a Levitical priest would only enter that space once a year on Yom Kippur to offer sacrifices for the sins of the nation of Israel. And it was where they said the, the presence, the literal cloud of presence would, would, would be in that holy of holies. Now the Hebrew word for cloud of presence, the, the, the word is not important to us, but the, the translation of it could be translated as heaviness. But the presence of God in that space is heavy in its intensity and its his powers, holiness. There's a heaviness to God's presence. But the most common word used in the Bible, the Old Testament, for presence is the word panim, which also means face. That when we, you see things like the face of God, many times it's translated into presence. The presence of God. And when as I, I was thinking about this, maybe one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament about the presence of God is Exodus 33, where Moses is on the Mount Sinai. And this is the chapter right before Moses gets the Ten Commandments. And Moses and God had this incredible dialogue. And Moses encounters God's presence in a way that I think shows us all a bit about who God is and how God's presence is. And it starts in verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, See, you have said to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know uh, whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. 
Now I have found favor in your sight. Show me your ways, Moses saying to God, so that I may know you and find favor in your sight. Consider too that this nation is your people. He's reminding God, help us. And God said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Now the word presence there you also find in Isaiah 63 where Isaiah is recounting how God's presence literally saved the nation of Israel. He's saying that God's presence saved them. Just the powerful presence of God. And um, Moses says to him, verse 15, If your presence will not go, do not carry us up from here, from Mount Sinai. For how shall it be known that I have found favor in your sight, and I and your people, unless you go with us? In this way we shall be distinct, I and your people, from every nation on the face of the earth. Moses is essentially saying, it's your presence that sets us apart as a people. It's your presence, God, that shows the world who we are, and not only that, but who you are. So don't leave us, God, as we go down from this mountain. We need your presence. The Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing that you have asked, for you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses said, show me your glory, I pray. An incredible question, or really statement from Moses, who's already in God's presence on the mountain, but Moses isn't satisfied. And he says, God, show me your glory. And God says, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you the name the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But, he said, you cannot see my face for no one shall see me and live. And the Lord continued, See, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. See, when you're in this idea of God's presence, this holiness, even in God's splendor and majesty and glory, He still wants to be near to his people. He still wants to be near to his people. He doesn't want to be apart. God values relationship with us and being close to us, closer than close. And a lot of places, a lot of times in worship services in my life, I've certainly felt the presence of God. Now you can't necessarily see it, but you can feel it. It's like it's like ripples on water. You know that something someone has caused this to happen. You see the effects of God's presence. It's like there's a peace. There's a fullness of joy. When we're singing these songs earlier, for example, but there's a, God's presence has a fire to it, but also a, a stillness. And you certainly know it when it's gone. When you're not in God's presence and you come back into God's presence, you certainly can feel it, right? When I was in college, I attended Fellowship of Christian Athletes for a while and they'd have worship time each week and we'd sing songs. And for a couple of months, I just didn't go. I didn't go to any sort of gathering or worship gathering of any sort. And when I came back many months later and I walk in the room and people are up front singing, I immediately felt the Holy the Spirit of God. I felt the presence of God. It was like living water in my soul. I could feel it. So when you're apart from God's presence and you come back, you can certainly tell the difference. But in, in this coming up new year, we especially need to remember God's presence because, again, who you're with is more important than who you're worth. It reminds me of a story of a 
a, a woman who, a single woman, she was very, uh, pretty wealthy, and she got a phone call from her financial institution, which, which she used to have a mortgage, and a mortgage officer, you know how mortgage officers can be, said, uh, hey, we have some, uh, some products for you if you're interested. And he, he said to her, now if you're interested, you could take out a, a loan on a new car and buy yourself a new car in the new year, wouldn't that be nice? And she said, no, 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 I'm not interested. I, I, uh, I just paid cash actually for a new car, so I don't, I don't need any, uh, any more debt right now. And she said, well, have you considered uh, maybe getting another uh, loan on your home and you could make some sort of renovation to your home? And, and she said, no, no, I, I just paid cash for uh, a new kitchen and, and uh, I'm fine. I don't need to do that. So I don't, I don't really want to go in any more debt. Thank you. I'm actually debt free. And the man had a long pause and he said, are you um, looking for a husband? Because uh, I'm actually interested. See, we, we, we value relationships. We value the presence. We value people in our lives. We value, especially people that bring people together. We value that idea. And the Jesus story at Christmas certainly shows how God brings people together. Mary, shepherds, Joseph, Mary, the shepherds, even angels, the wise men. Where God's presence is, people are just drawn to God's presence. I'm looking at Jesus' life as he walked and taught and did his ministry. People were just drawn to his presence. Even those who are people who are possessed by demons were drawn to the presence of Jesus. Because where, where God is, people want to be. Now when we hear this term, Emmanuel, we sang it in a song earlier, which of course means God with us. It's not God with me, but it's God with us. In John 1.14, he, he shows this truth. It says, And the Word became flesh and lived among us. Not among me, but among us. And we have seen His glory in the glory as of a Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. That Jesus didn't come to us in His presence as a loner. He didn't come just to leave one day, but He came to be in a relationship with His people. Because that is what God ultimately wants, is relationship with people. Um, uh, I, speaking of football games, if you, they don't do this a whole lot anymore, but I remember for a long time you see guys in the stands holding a sign that had a Bible verse on it. Remember what that Bible verse always was? John 3.16, right? And, and it's a great reminder This is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Not for God so loved me, but that he got loved the world. That's God with us. This presence of God. And because of God's presence and it's God's love for the world, it should change how we view, uh, how generous we are, or how we are with our time, how we view others. Uh, I had one time someone asked me, uh, who, who, who do you think your neighbor is? And my answer to that question always is, yes. Who's your neighbor? Yes. Everyone is your neighbor. So when Jesus says the greatest commandments are love God and love your neighbor, he's really saying communicate the presence of God, who is love, to the world. Because God has blessed you, whatever your, your income level, God has blessed you to be a blessing to the world. And not just with income, but all that we have. He's blessed us. And if we have the presence of God in our lives, that we can be a blessing to somebody else in all sorts of ways. 
I mean, this church has given away thousands of dollars this year. And many people will give, especially at the end of the year. And that's always awesome. And when Paul writes Timothy in Timothy 6, he says, Instruct those who are, who are, who are rich among you. He doesn't tell Timothy, hey, tell them to stop being rich. No. He says to them, teach them how to be good at being rich. What, no matter what we have, we're, we're, we're given it as stewards to be good to the world. But, and to convey the presence of God through our giving of our time and our talents and our gifts and our witness and our service. Um, I was watching, I was on Facebook the other day, and someone shared one of these videos that I usually skip over because it looks kind of sappy and sentimental. But it's one of those uh, soldier homecoming videos. You ever watch one of those? Where it's like uh, someone that's in the armed forces and they're, they're, they surprise their kid at school or they have the mascot's head on and they take it off, right? And I thought, oh, man. And then I watch it and I'm crying. I'm immediately crying. Because they're just, I mean, it's powerful stuff. When you come across... You see this truth that love is communicated through relationships. And this is a fundamental message for our generation. Through, we, we tend to think that these things can, can communicate love. And they can't. They're an important tool. But you cannot communicate. For example, if I sent you a heart emoji, would that be the same as a hug? You know? And that's something that especially younger people have to learn is that relationships are the only way that true love is communicated. Face to face. Look people in the eye. There's no comparison to being in your loved one's presence. Jesus, of course, knew that. God knows that. He wants to be in his, us to be in his presence and God to be with us in that way. Now, I was in youth ministry for many years, and one thing I'd always tell people is, is that teenagers spell the word love this way, T-I-M-E. This goes for anybody, really, especially children, that who you spend time with, it shows what you value. How you spend your time with people, being present with them, and being intentional with them, this shows how we love. This shows how God is with us. That being close costs something. Jesus made himself nothing to pursue presence with you and me. That he pursued presence at the expense of privilege. The Son of God. He pursued presence with you at the expense of privilege. I mean, so go back to the opening video with, is it the same guy, little baby Jesus, or cross Jesus? One guy, right? That the same Jesus baby, he sacrificed his privilege so that he could be in relationship with you and me. To be in God's presence. If we're able to bridge that gap, that baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus. That it, it's not just about once a year December celebrating Christmas. It helps us bridge that gap from the sentimental to the practical, from the hypothetical to the real, from an isolated story that we engage with once a year to see that it's something that we should engage with every day. It's the ongoing story of the salvation in our hearts and lives. That we can remember God's presence this year and take Christ with us no matter where we go. 
that he's always present. And that is good news. Will you pray with me? Lord, we thank you that you, you do communicate love through relationships. That's the main way. God, help us to allow ourselves to be loved by you more. Help us to let go of some fear or worry about it, but to be more open to surrender to your presence in our lives, to be growing closer in that way, to be hungry for more of your presence in our lives. And your word says that a, a humble spirit and a contrite heart I will not deny. That those who seek me with all their heart, your word says, they will find you. But if we seek and ask and knock, you will reveal. Thank you that in the fullness of your presence, there's joy. These next few moments, Holy Spirit, let us encounter you in a fresh way, in a new way. May you pour out living water on thirsty souls that maybe need it this morning. Alleviate burdens that are heavy. Jesus, you didn't stop healing the moment you went into heaven. You still heal today. Just as you walked the deserts of Judea, you still walk the streets of our city, you still walk the very aisles of this church through the power of your spirit. So come. This is your time and your presence here. Amen.